Hi, I'm Carrie Ann Ryan, and you're listening to The Dinner Party Show with Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn. I went to a marvelous party. Don't even know the facts. They go with their gut. Don't have enough depth to last your entire season. Christopher, this is only going to work if we speak one at a time. Fine. You first, Eric. Live. From the Sunset Strip in beautiful West Hollywood, California, it's The Dinner Party Show, the Internet's first live comedy variety show with your hosts, New York Times best-selling authors, Christopher Rice. No, there's actually a new study that confirms every other child you see on the street is a ghost. <laughs> and Eric Shaw Quinn. I don't want to talk too much, but... Okay, no, we're no, going no. to take up a collection for the stained glass window. Now we want the dirt. Featuring reports from their largely unqualified staff of special correspondents. Sex is like Christmas. It's the not knowing what you're going to get that makes it exciting. New York is a giant trash island infested by has-been theater queens. If we're really serious about cutting federal spending, the biggest waste of public funds I can think of is Congress. Two snaps for Jesus! The Dinner Party Show. Everyone gets served. Tonight's live cast is streaming to you live and for free through the dinnerpartyshow.com and our free mobile app. And now, direct from the kitchen by way of the Get out of my office. It's your hosts, Christopher and Eric. Good evening, three people who aren't watching the Super Bowl halftime show. I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn. And you're listening to the live cast of The Dinner Party Show for February 1st, 2015. It's Super Bowl Sunday, and clearly we don't give a shit. That's right. And tonight, we will not be talking about the decision of the leadership of the Mormon Church's Quorum of Twelve Apostles to hold a press conference in which they announced that they will support gay people's rights so long as gay people don't ask for any rights. Mm. That's right. The bigoted moron fuckwits who brought who bought and paid for Proposition 8, the unconstitutional California law that actually took civil rights away from gay people. Those same narrow-minded Mormon dipshits are now saying they will support the Equal Protection Clause of the 14th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution as it regards its application to gay people sometimes. Just sometimes. But only if we uppity gays stop pointing it out when they are actively working and spending money to take away our rights. Mm. What they really mean is that while they don't want us to get married or have sex or be gay in any real sense, we can still go to work, pay taxes, buy and rent homes, and generally do everything that any other American citizen gets to take for granted Mm -hmm. in exchange for granting us something we are already legally entitled to as citizens of this country. The Mormon Church wants the unfettered right to do whatever bigoted bullshit they might fancy doing in order to take rights away from gay people without pesky comments from us or anyone who might be in favor of equal rights for all Americans and possibly people everywhere. Mm. Their spokes jerk... (laughs) 
Elder Dallin Oaks actually said when people are publicly intimidated, retaliated against, forced from employment, or made to suffer personal loss because they have raised their voice in a public square like these poor Mormons have been, our democracy is the loser. Well, he really said that. He did. With no sense of irony. None. Well, Elder Dallin, we, we couldn't agree more. So why don't you stop doing those things to gay people and all the people your religion of choice arbitrarily chooses to condemn? Mm-hmm. The only thing we can think of to say on the matter is that if the Supreme Court doesn't settle this hash once and for all this June, we're thinking of starting petitions to get initiatives on the ballot to prevent Mormons from getting married. We don't actually care if Mormons get married, but maybe if the group having their civil rights voted away wasn't gay people, the idiot bigots who keep coming up with this shit and making it into legislation will finally be be able to understand what the fuck we and the 14th Amendment are actually talking about. Meanwhile, we remain mum with astonishment. Mum with astonishment here on the Dinner Party Show. Also not being discussed on tonight's show, any social media condemnation of gay people by gay people for currently expressing a limited amount of enthusiasm for the largest sporting event of the year in the United States. Which is? Uh, The Super Bowl, I think. Or maybe it's the Fish Bowl. We get it, bros. You're super cool with your (laughs) tweets and your Facebook posts exhorting gay people to do something more than post about Katy Perry's halftime show, which is apparently happening right fucking now but let's put it this way we won't accuse you of faking your excitement for this display of stereotypical heterosexual aggressiveness just to get in bed with the one on the fence straight guy at your Super Bowl party who might turn out to be a three beer queer three if you don't accuse us of faking our lack of interest because we've already had a taste of your three beer queer and he's not really all he's cracked up to be in a related story the Oscars are February February 22nd, bitches, prepare your timelines accordingly. Woohoo! Also, we are silently chastened as we witness the sickening spectacle of opportunistic gay Lance Bass using his sexuality in a desperate scramble for attention and reality show level relevance as he and underwear model Michael Turchin announce plans to air their wedding on E! Exclamation point. Just like you know fucking who. Bass, longtime closet case and boy band set piece, kept his sexuality a closely guarded secret until he couldn't squeeze one more dime out of his marginal fame as Justin's backup singer. He then came out as gay in a last-ditch career move once there was no risk to him or his career. Girl. Since that hasn't really worked out for him, he is now attempting to turn his personal life into the kind of reality show crap that has turned people even less talented than he is into household Lines. All we have to say is, see, we really are all equal. Gay people are just as horrible as everyone else. Yeah! <laughs> also not being discussed tonight, Governor Mike Huckabee. God. Not his grits, not his guns, not his God, not his gravy. Oh, say it ain't so. Not his statement that gay people could be his friends because oh, he's often friends if. with people who make choices he doesn't approve of. <laughs> Like drink alcohol, or use profanity, 
or use their brains to engage in an analysis of the human condition informed by actual verifiable facts and not a literalist interpretation of a primitive fairy tale you've drained of its spiritual import and warped to justify your personal prejudices and bigotry. Oh, them. Those people. Uh-huh. In other words, people like us. Uh-huh. People who won't be his friends. No. And people who will do everything in their power to make sure he never becomes president. Like, we'll have to work that hard. <laughs> As for everything else, it's still on the table on tonight's live cast of The Dinner Party Show. You're listening to The Dinner Party Show with Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn. Enjoy the hors d'oeuvres, but don't fill up. There's plenty more to come. Welcome back to The Dinner Party Show. I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn. Bringing you 15-second promos, one promo at a time, <laughs> as always. Um, I will say that is the first not report, I think, in maybe our entire run that we have not insulted the state of Florida. Oh. And, yeah. I feel terrible. And it's usually you who does it. Of course. I feel, you know, like a personal obligation. I'm so sorry, Florida. However. However, we have many lovely listeners. We call them party people here on the Dinner Party Show. Who hail from the state of Florida. And one of them is the lovely Amy Bellino with her sultry voice. And we have taken one of Amy's voicemails and turned it into something we're calling the Florida Report. And now it's time for... The Florida Report. Hi, this is Amy Blino from Miami Beach. Last week when I heard Christopher say that you guys needed a Florida sound effect, I took it upon myself to explore the internet for Florida-related videos and stories in search of the perfect sound for you guys. Well, I'm sorry to say I did not find the perfect sound effect, but if there is a sound for stupidity, that would be my suggestion. (laughs) All I can say is, Flora, duh, America's dick. Here are some examples. This past year, the Miss Florida pageant crowned the wrong winner. Can you guess why? They miscounted the votes. Florida Keys Marine Patrol was performing a safety inspection on a Palmetto Bay man's boat when it became obvious the man was under the influence. The man failed the field sobriety test and was handcuffed by Marine Patrol. Before a life vest could be placed upon the drunk man, he decided to jump off the boat and swim to freedom, forgetting that his hands were handcuffed. This man is the epitome of our local expression, come on vacation, leave on probation. Speaking of which, when I lived in the Keys, I actually drove past a man being arrested while wearing a shirt that said that. Come on vacation, leave on probation. I considered it a self-fulfilling prophecy. <clears throat> on the topic of self-fulfilling prophetic shirts, a Cape Coral man was busted for possessing less than 20 grams of marijuana while wearing a shirt that said, go directly to jail. It gets better. A Hudson, Florida man was arrested while wearing a shirt that said, who needs drugs? No, seriously, I have drugs. Can you guess what he was arrested for? (laughs) Marijuana and methamphetamine possession. Mm -hmm. On the topic of drugs, in Daytona, Florida, a pair of trespassers snuck into a janitorial closet, apparently to do some drugs, but they were unable to find their way out. (laughs) After two days, they finally called 911 to say they were locked in. When the officers arrived... They found that the closet door did not even have a lock. (laughs) Police did find drug paraphernalia, but no actual drugs were left over. And my personal favorite, in Gainesville, Florida, a man named Fuck Q 
was arrested for sexual batteries after robbery and an attempted rape in a bank parking lot. I can't help but wonder if he is a distant relation to the family of folks who run long wangs in Poison Creek that Merle is so fond of. So in closing, please keep in mind, when any of you visit the state of Florida, you would be increasing the collective IQ of the inhabitants, while they, in turn, may perhaps reduce your own. This has been the Florida Report. Florida. Come for the unlicensed medical procedures. Stay for the stupidity. Bellino, ladies and gentlemen, premier party person. And former Florida resident. I think she's a current party. <laughs> oh, I get what you did there. I get it. I get it. Yeah, if you need somebody to serve up a certain state, no better than somebody who actually lives in that state. Or make ugly orange cookies. Did you see those on the, yeah, the dinner party page? Yeah, but they actually didn't look that ugly, so I, I still haven't figured out what that's about. I think it's a euphemism. I don't okay. know what I guess, because they look pretty delicious. Like they're ugly, like cookies could be ugly. No, but your <laughs> cookies like, are the best, Eric like Shawquin. Eric Shawquin's homemade cookies, which we always serve to our guests here on the Dinner Party Show, are the best cookies in all the land. And as our friend said, our show could tank, but the cookies will surely become famous. Absolutely. We're going to start selling cookies any minute now, so leave us alone about it already, Talitha. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. We don't have the staff to fulfill the orders yet. On Tuesday, my first full-length erotic romance novel, The Surrender Gate, goes on sale, but that hasn't stopped us from dropping the promo into tonight's show. Absolutely (laughs) not. We haven't even slowed down. In fact, the entire month here at the Dinner Party Show is Romance Month, and we have a big finale that we will announce later in the show. Huge announcement. You're going to be so excited. I certainly am, but we can't tell you now. It's like a Thomas Tryon novel. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's a big secret, and and we'll have to tell you in a later chapter. (laughs) Nothing like a Thomas Tryon joke. (laughs) bring down the house, Eric (laughs) Shawquin. So it is Romance Month. Uh, The Surrender Gate goes on sale on Tuesday, February 3rd. And if you buy it through thedinnerpartyshow.com, a percentage of your sale supports the operation of the show, namely Eric's hair and moisturizer budget. And and my hair and makeup people. And tonight's topic, we decided we would start doing shows with people that we really loved, like Alec Mappa. And we were going to give the show a topic. So tonight we are doing The Secret to Successful Relationships. Because he's actually one of the few people we know who's in one. Yeah, and he's going to tell us why we're not, isn't he? As the, you know, Alec, is, probably he will. However, <laughs> in the realm of our party people... Right? We are together in the imaginations of some of our party people. And Jesse oh. Colton... Oh, no. Overheard a request either on the Facebook page or during the show for Christopher and Eric slash fiction. I knew I was going to regret bringing that up. First, he has to deal with, as I did, the difficulties of discussing North and South Carolina or the difference between the two live on the air. I really think you should refrain from doing that anytime in the future. Well, we'll see how it went for Mr. Colton, who called into our party line with this little gem, or as I should say, gems, plural. Hi, Christopher and Eric. This is Jeffy Colton calling from South Carolina. Um, I enjoyed the show last week, and I also enjoyed uh, Christopher thinking that Durham, North Carolina doesn't exist. Not right. Didn't get it right either. This message, I I can't get my words out. I'm going to try again. And C has to hang up and call back. That's how hard it is. This is Jesse Colton calling from South Carolina. (laughs) And um, a little birdie told me that uh, there was a request for slash fiction to be written about the two of you. So I've taken the liberty of uh, creating a, a small little scene, and uh, I'm going to read it for you now. So let me just put on my uh, erotica hat here. 
Eric's shrill laughter echoed off the walls of the studio. The red velvet drapes drawn back to cover the window to the sound booth as Christopher struggled against the bonds holding him in his chair. Eric held in his hands a long leather whip, the handle of which had already been meticulously slathered with lubricant in preparation for tonight's event. Christopher attempted to scream through the ball gag Eric had stuffed into his mouth, but as he writhed uselessly in his chair, Eric's grim smile could only incite Christopher's passion to rise. The ecstasy of being overtaken suffusing his entire body, his heart pounding with excitement. Eric reached down a firm hand and grabbed hold of Christopher's blue polo shirt, the very same shirt he had worn for the recording of most episodes of their radio show. He had always warned That's Christopher there would be dire accurate. consequences if he kept wearing it. I did, but I Christopher did. hadn't listened, and now he would be taught to obey. Eric leaned over and flicked a switch, activating the live stream, for all to hear Christopher's moans and cries as he attempted to squirm out of his chair, but there would be no salvation for him tonight. Mm. Grasping the whip tight in one hand, Eric leaned down to press his thumb to Christopher's pubis. Nope, I'm done. Can't do it anymore. I've done it pubis. Can't do it anymore after pubis. Inside joke. Inside joke, but not if you're actually somebody who listens to the show. Then yeah, it's well, they're all on the inside. Though. That's what makes them party people. Also, I would just, as a side note, like to say Christopher and I aren't um, particularly gassy this evening. We've uh, we just gotten new vinyl chairs. Want to do a? <laughs> it's the season of new chairs on the dinner party. Yes, show. we we thought um, Brandon's job was getting too easy, so I got these really squeaky vinyl chairs, and so. Um, to cover when we are particularly gassy, but it's just not this week. It's only squeaky when we first sit down. Once we're in them, we're fine, but when we get up and get out of them, which I hope they'll never hear unless one of us is storming out on the other <laughs> in an angry huff. <laughs> well, we have a lot on the show tonight. Alec Mappa is here and will be joining us to discuss the secret to successful relationships, but first, Can't wait. critic at large Jordan Ampersand is here to debut a brand new series. Oh, great. You're listening to The Dinner Party Show with Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn, where the soup is hot, but the heads are hotter. I have a dream. We choose to go to the moon. And now it's time for another episode of History's Mysteries, please. Tear down this wall. With your host, critic at large, Jordan Ampersand. Oh, you're totally mad about. For whom most things are a mystery. Whatever. Tonight's mystery. Stone of Henges. Well, I'm not a crook. A date which will live in infamy. Oh, the humanity. Good evening. Welcome to History's Mysteries, please. I'm your host, Jordan Ampersand. My other super important podcast, What Science, was suspended indefinitely because all scientists have refused to come on it ever again. I guess if you work for big science, you don't know how to answer tough questions about whether or not gravity is real. Anyway, so now I'm just going to do a new show that's about stuff me and my friends can read on Wikipedia. But it's not going to be dumb and boring like school. On History's Mysteries, please, we're going to make history exciting by taking out all the facts. 
Joining me today is my bestie Fitzpatrick, who is in between sobrieties right now, so he should be so fun. As fun as an elephant on Jupiter. Right. Also joining me is my friend Natasha, who is super stylish, even on the radio. Scarves are the arms of your soul. For tonight's episode, we're talking about Stonehenges. It's a 5,000-year-old pile of rocks in England that looks like the inside of my shoe closet. While we know it probably had something to do with tracking the progress of the sun, and while the latest high-definition below-ground radar suggests it was part of a much larger structure with additional stones, none of this answers the most important question about this ancient structure. Why do British people on TV say stone hinges instead of stone hinges? And will this weird way of British talking keep us from finding out who built this thing? Fitzpatrick, go first before your molly kicks in. If the Berea king has a snow angel, then the platypus will embrace the nighttime bedrock king. Okay, I'll make a note of that. Natasha, do you have anything sober to say? I thought the Druids built Stonehenge. That's what they used to think, but the Druids aren't old enough. You have to be like 4,000 years old to build Stonehenges because it's so complicated. Nobody's 4,000 years old. Uh, Yeah, the people who built Stonehenges are. Is that really true? Natasha, we're supposed to be making history fun and you're making it like school. I know, but I thought there was no such thing as 4,000-year-old people. While that may be true, the point here is that will weird British accents keep us from finding out who they really are? Who? What are? The people who built Stonehenges, Natasha. We don't know who built Stonehenge. I know, because they won't tell us because they don't understand British accents, and so they think we're talking about Stonehenges when we're really talking about Stonehenges. Do you see what I'm saying? Fitzpatrick, help me out here. <clears throat> Cake and orange. Peel back its veil of diamonds and throw it up, up. Uh, into the dandelion forest of your mind. He's so creative. Natasha, do you understand now? I see. So the people who built Stonehenge, whoever they are, had to have lived 4,000 years ago because that's when Stonehenge was built. Exactly. So let's do this. Let's find the group of people who've been alive for 4,000 years and then through invective reasoning will know that they're the people who built Stonehenge. That's a brilliant plan, see? Doing all that porn didn't make you dumb. Jordan! But the question remains, can we get British people to talk normally so the 4,000-year-old Stonehenge's people will be able to say, hi, what's up, we're the 4,000-year-old people who built Stonehenge's. I bark of regular bombs. I don't think it's very likely either, Fitzpatrick. So unfortunately, listeners, remember, when one group of people insists on talking funny, they keep the rest of us from finding out the truth about history, which is why we should all talk the same language and try to be nice to people who are 4,000 years old. For history's mysteries, please. I'm your host, Jordan Ampersand. Fitzpatrick, say goodbye next. Natasha always leaves when I mention her porn. For history's mysteries, I'm the sword in the eye of Amun And remember, those who forget the past are doomed to Uber home the next day. You weren't really close friends in college, but you thought, what's the harm in adding her on Facebook? Now she's bringing you... Shut up. Anakin's. Oh my god! 
tearing it up at happy hour with my BFF, Missy. One more Amaretto Sour, and we might just do the limbo. No limbo contest happening, so we'll have to make our own. That sounds like some shenanigans. It's a big, dramatic word drunk white girls use for the stupid crap they post on social media that they think is so fun. Shenanigans. Shoe shopping with Mia. Stopped for champagne brunch. Now a vodka soda brunch. Gonna turn into more shoes. And dessert. And more shoes. Our purses are cute, too. Kiss the glass, Mia. We're so fun. Get ready for some more... Shenanigans. It used to be the name of the creepy old gay bar on the service road back in your hometown. Now it's a hashtag for delusional women who think their life is a constant episode of Sex in the City, even though they live in Des Moines. Shenanigans. Walked home in the rain with no shoes. Shenanigans. Here, Missy, at work. Gonna get gray. Shenanigans. I rode the mechanical bull with no panties on under my skirt. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Scroll back. Oh, oh, wow. You really can see everything. She's gonna get fired. Shenanigans. Brought to you day in and day out by all those friend requests you should not have accepted. You're listening to The Dinner Party Show with Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn. Let's dish. Welcome back to The Dinner Party Show. I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn. Katy Perry out. Alec Mappa in. Absolutely. She just finished. (laughs) Now it's time for the real halftime show. I wonder what kind of wig she wore. (laughs) She's such a renegade. I love coming on your show because I just I just hang out and get drunk. Yes, and yeah. and, and I had a, I I I pre-gamed this time because I took my kids to the Magic Castle. So there's like right tailgating. before this, so I'm bombed. Wait, oh, wait, wait, wait. So talk great. about what the Magic Castle is because we all have our own Magic Castle stories. Yes. The people who are not from Los Angeles might not know what the uh, Magic well, Castle is. Well, it's an actual castle in Hollywood that used to be well, an old Victorian the, mansion. Yeah, all okay, right, right. Wipe right. that skeptical it's look off your castle. face. It's okay, squeezing so all the Botox going, out of your forehead. No Botox. Just the blood. Of virgin, <laughs> just the blood of virgins in this face. So it's this kind of like LA cultural institution where uh, it's an actual club for magicians. And you enter through the lobby, and there's a bookcase, and you say open sesame, and you're ushered into the wonderful world of magic. <laughs> so it's my kid's 10th birthday. So uh, a friend of ours, Ron Oliver, oh, how wonderful. took us Ron all. Oliver you know, Ron. On the yes, dinner party the show. delightful Crazy Ron Oliver. Ron. One of my son's best friends. Oh. Yeah, they're buddies. And uh, so he totally he took that. us all, yeah, with Udo Kier, like the German film <laughs> the star. The creepiest man in Hollywood. Yes, is my other son's best friend <laughs> in Palm Springs. That's my He's son's such entourage. A riot. He has yeah. played the ancient vampire in every horror film, <laughs> except for any based on my mother's books. Film. Well, and you he, know, the day's not over yet. He married Ron and his partner. And Ron said, oh, come, to, come to the wedding. We're going to have it, and we will be married by Udo Kier. <laughs> it was like being married by Count Dracula. <laughs> <laughs> I 
now pronounce you groom and groom. Ah, 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 ah. So we went, and uh, it was a big brunch, and I had a couple of Bloody Marys. And, cool. Uh, and you arrived in perfect shape for the dinner party show. Well, you know, I stopped it, by the coffee bean and tea leaf on the way here to shore things up, and it didn't get, work. To so get some I've decided to just keep drinking. Just right. keep drinking. It's a dinner party. <laughs> yeah. You can't show get hung drunk. over if you keep drinking. That's right. Darling, not everyone shows up to a dinner party drunk. I know that's a Southern tradition that we were both raised with. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. That's so, just good breeding. It's I'm tailgating. sorry. Yeah. Tailgating. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Tailgating. <laughs> Tailgated the dinner party. I think that's you know. It's you formal know, tailgating. Absolutely. Yeah, it's better if you show up buzzed, because then you know the ice breaking is already done. Right. Yes. No kind of tension. And in the, the air, people like, who are you know, already there seem much less hideous. <sighs> yeah. God. It really helps. Right. And yeah. Okay. Now we did invite you on tonight to discuss a topic. Oh, we, there's a purpose. To there's be a purpose. <laughs> we'll see about All right. that. You're happily married. Yeah. We're not. Okay. Why is that? What have um, you done? Well, okay. Here's my theory. I think that. Any relationship that you're in or not in is always a direct reflection of your own personal self-esteem. And I can only say that from experience. I always said in my 20s and my 30s, it wasn't enough for me to have low self-esteem. I needed physical proof. (laughs) You know, so all of my... All of my outward external relationships reflected that. You know, for all of my 20s and 30s, that's a good 20 years. That's a lot of mileage of disasters, of absolute disasters. I was always dating somebody who was emotionally unavailable, was unsure about their sexuality, or just wanted to be friends. The six most terrible words in the English language. After um, I'm in love with somebody else. Oh, my God. Or uh, get the fuck off of me. And sometimes you get to hear all three phrases in a row, you know. I like you as a friend. I'm in love with someone else. Get the fuck off of me. My favorite story on this topic, Uh which was actually, it was shared with me by somebody who ended up actually treating me very badly in a dating context. But he said that he uh, he had asked somebody out at a club and the person said to him, "Oh, I'm sorry. I'm I'm waiting for somebody really amazing." <gasps> Ooh. You know, there's such a thing as too much honesty. Wow. There's such a thing as too much honesty. Really well, yeah. speak, speaking of honesty, I felt that I was for the good part of my 20s and 30s that I was out of integrity with myself. What does that mean? Tell it us what I that means. I was not clear. I was clear about what I wanted, but I wasn't in integrity with myself and who I dated. And the choices I made. Each person I met, each person I went out with, wasn't like, he's the one, or this is great, or this is organic. It was like, I could make this work. You know, so I was like, you know, the fat lady trying on the wrong shoe. You know, and just, I can make it fit. You know, so it's... And and it's so clear to me, you know. Hindsight is twenty twenty. Right. And uh, by the time I met my husband Jamie, Jamie, um, <laughs> I was really not in the market to be married or be with anybody forever and ever. I had a real gimlet eye when it came to that sort of thing. I was like, you know, he's twelve years younger than me. Mm-hmm. This is going nowhere. Mm. So this is going to be summer booty. Mm. You know, this we are going to have the best a, kind of yeah, booty. Is summer have booty, a, a great summer, and I'm going to get grit not... in my slit, and uh, mm. you know, so you know, days at the beach, and I was like, that's I it. See. That's, that's what it. That meant. That's what that. You know, I should done the beach that's reference lovely. first. Now it's confusing. That's a okay. So I, that on I, your really, child is in the green room. Right? I know. Is well, he's correct? playing Did Minecraft the, right the, now. The so speakers down. <laughs> <laughs> All right, as you were, as you were. Okay, so, grit in your um, slit. Yes. So I was really kind of like, you know, this isn't the one. I, you know, because usually when I was in love with somebody, it was humiliating. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's how I you knew. Yeah, it's like, oh, this is, <laughs> this is horrible. I this feel, must be love. Yeah, and so I was like, I don't feel humiliated. I don't feel crazy. I don't feel 
um, sick to my stomach. You what's know what, wrong with yeah, him? Yeah, what's wrong with him? And then I and then I felt that way for a really long time. And then 13 years later, we're still together. All right. Well, let's go to our party line and see what they think of this. Even though they left these messages days ago, oh. and I haven't heard anything you said. Oh, okay. Hi, Eric and Chris. This is a uh, Waylon out in Commerce, Texas. Uh, first of all, I have to say uh, I had the honor of. Interviewing Christopher for the Vine for iHorror.com last year. Yes, and it was just a really great privilege, and I really appreciate that. Thank you, you guys. Really are a privilege and an honor. My partner and I have been together for going on 10 years oh. now, and I would say the best advice that I have is to be your own person. You know, he and I, we both enjoy doing some of the same things, but it really works for us that we both have very different interests. He can go do his own thing, I can do my own thing. We don't have to be caught up with each other all the time, and everybody gets their own me time that way. So anyway, just thought I'd throw that out there. Let's Hope you guys have another great show. Thank you, Waylon. Let's do a little point-counterpoint. I think this is another My message. secret for a successful relationship is to pretend to be somebody I'm not. <laughs> holla. holla. He ends up. Yeah, holla. Can you ever not be yourself? Has that been an issue for you? Um, I think in the previous relationships, yeah. <laughs> really? Like yeah. You, you would lose yourself in other people. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, you, like Betty Eric, Davis. Eric, you can't not be yourself. Like, that's not a problem. It's you not know, like you run I, out with people. And... I don't really, I'm not sure if I even really know what that means. Mm. Like when I was in grade school and you would go in Spanish class and everybody else would get a Spanish name, I would get one and then after a day or two, it would just go away. They couldn't not call me right, Eric. Right. It was just sort of, I was just so intrinsically <laughs> Eric. <laughs> Wait, now my mind reels. Oh, you Esmeralda? I mean, what, is, what kind of name do they give you? Erico. Erico. It doesn't translate Enrique. Enrique. Eriquito. I got Enrique a couple of times. Yeah, because it doesn't really scan in you can't be, Nordic translations of Spanish names. I don't think you can be names. in a successful relationship if you can't be yourself. But let me ask you a question. All of those relationships and that yet, did I'm not. Right. But all of those relationships that didn't work out before yeah. you met Jamie, yeah. do you consider all of them unsuccessful? Um, <laughs> yes! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because, like, I've had two, yes. and I would consider one hideously unsuccessful, right. and the other, you know, it lasted for as long as it did, and the breakup was sort of painful, but it wasn't horrific, and, you know, it was sort of I, a nine-month thing. A and mixed bag. So there's only, what, we're only counting two? <laughs> two? You're only counting two? We're I just, would say the other ones don't qualify. Well, the other ones didn't last longer than a few months. I mean, oh. like, like I, I would say if it lasted longer than at least six months, oh. I count it as something. Oh, so that's okay. two. You've been that's with two, two people that have lasted more than six months. Yes, yes. Wow. I have. I have. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but you're also like, you have this jealous mistress, which is your art. I mean, and you're committed mm. to that, and that takes up a lot of your time. Well, thank you. Yes. Thank you. Because so, most people would phrase that as, you're never going to meet somebody because you're too career focused. Right. But That's what Andy Cohen's mother, incidentally, keeps saying about him whenever they interview him. He's, he's just too busy. He's never going to meet anyone. And it's Isn't like, he also like a raging whore? <laughs> <laughs> Who smokes a lot of pot. I yeah. don't know. He outed uh, Kevin Spacey, so I wow. takes one. Did I tell you guys my Kevin uh, my Kevin Spacey story? My Andy Cohen story? No. Well, I was on The Tonight Show uh-huh. a couple years Fancy. ago. And, and I was leaving, and, and Zion was with me, and I was walking down the hallway back to my dressing room, and Andy Cohen was a guest, and I passed by his dressing room, and he said, Hey, Alec, how are you? And I said, Hey, Andy, how's it going? You're a guest tonight. This is great. We caught up. He goes, This is your son, Zion? I said, Yes. Well, Zion, this is Andy, Andy, Zion. And then we left, and then I walked down the hallway, and then halfway down the hallway, I realized... I'd never met Andy Cohen before in my entire life. Oh. 
But that's how well known you are. Hey, right? No, but it was like, all wasn't celebrities that weird? Know each other. Isn't all that cele- weird? What is it Eric Shawquin always says? Hollywood is community theater with a bigger budget. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It, is. it, it really is. is. It absolutely is. Okay, so we bashed other people who make more money than we do. All right. But let's get back to... Um, well, the secrets of a successful relationship. Uh, well, I, I, what, I, what I find very refreshing is mm-hmm. that you're not approaching this topic with a lot of condescension, which is what happens when single people, or woefully single people like me and Eric, engage with people who are in relationships. Willfully like, or willfully? <laughs> well, a little bit of both, well, maybe. I, Depending on I, what day of the week was, and how much caffeine What they say, that. what yeah. they inevitably say is, if you really wanted it, you could have it. You're just impossible to please. I and don't think like, that's true. Maybe I'm having a different experience You know what? You. My understanding was, because I was I was woefully single longer than I've been married. Okay. That's, that's the plain unvarnished truth. And I think I reached a point where I was like, let's look at this objectively. There is this, There exists the possibility that I could be woefully single for the rest of my life. Sure. Mm-hmm. Let's look at that as an objective reality. Mm-hmm. And when I did that, I went, oh, that doesn't seem so bad. Right. Right. Do you know what I mean? I'll just meet a great guy occasionally and maybe we'll do it and have mm-hmm. a little romance and that'll that'll run its like natural course and when it's done, it's done and, and I'm back to being me. And I, I was also single for such a long time mm-hmm. that I kind of like was good with that. Yeah. And as I always say, That's where I am. if you I are going to be that. single for the rest of your life, yeah. you'll never know it. Yeah, because you, you die and you'll then, die yeah. and you'll oh, just there's be that single whole at the death time. Thing. You'll I never even know that, that you were right. single for the rest of your life. Right. So it's always a possibility but right. until you're dead. This right. is Eric's way of talking you down from every ledge, and it works <laughs> because it's like when you die, I don't think the minute of your death you're going to be like, I never won that Oscar. Oh, you know, you're just going to be like, Oh, is this a heart? I should have dated more. Yeah, oh, right, right. Yeah. I told you, but I was with sick. a lot of work, a lot of work, I am getting to be kind of where you are, where you just described yourself right. before you met Jamie. Right? Where, okay. If this is all, if this is as good as it's going to be, mm-hmm. um, okay. Yeah, I'm really good. And then I'm okay with that for like two days, and then I call Eric in a complete <laughs> fucking meltdown and <laughs> a mess that's because and that's you know. human and that's yeah. authentic. But I think that if you can like exist within your own reality as it is now, it makes you a better partner when somebody shows up because there were times where great guys. Did you guys fucking rehearse this? No. Like all of your wisdom is coming out of there his was, mouth. There was a time where great guys did show up in my life, mm-hmm. and I was so needy mm-hmm. that I that I drove them away, yeah. or I put so much of my own agenda on it. Like we have to be this, and we have to be by matching sweaters by Christmas time, and you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> oh no, not matching sweaters. Do you know what's that person who goes on a first date with you and go? Do you want children? You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I don't think I could spend one more minute with you if you're not a marriage-minded person. It's like, yeah. it's you're so heavy laden already within the first two minutes of meeting this person that there's no oxygen in the room. And I think that um, I learned that from my own mistakes because I was that person. Mm -hmm. I was the person who would have great sex with somebody and then um, call them nonstop for a week Mm -hmm. because it was like, oh, this means something. Yeah, Do you know what I mean? Or I was the person who kind of like felt I had a, a marginally good time with somebody, but because they fit a profile of what I thought I was supposed to be going out with. The paper match. Or yes. who I should be. Then then, I, then I put yeah. all my stuff on that. Yeah. And the thing is, like, the real stuff you can't fake. Do you mm. know what I mean? The real stuff you can't it's fake. There it's yeah. not. On one of our first dates, Jamie and I uh, drove out to see his grandmother in Laguna. And um, we kind of, like, hardly spoke the whole day. And there was none of this need of like, oh, I have to keep this entertaining. Yes. I got to keep the conversation going. It was like we had already been together. 
and I was like, oh, this is this is different right? and comfortable, and it wasn't forced. And after 13 years, we're both kind of equally horrible people. Do you know what I mean? I could kind of look at all of his horrible stuff and go, well, you know, yeah, I got horrible stuff too, right. and my horrible stuff matches yours, and I'm not expecting him to be a certain type of person. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. My expectations on him aren't to be all these other things. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, we're not the same per- people we were 13 years ago, but we've managed to change with each other. Okay. You know, and I think that doesn't always happen. Right, you begin to evolve together. Yeah. I, think that, I guess that makes sense. Also, I've noticed people in long-term relationships who aren't doing well are no longer having sex. Yes, Pretty and we're going to talk about sex and more sex when we come I back. Get that. And there'll be on more. the dinner party show. We're going to take a short break to shamelessly flog our products, and then we'll be back with Alec Mappa discussing the secret to successful and sex. sex. Tired of dining alone? Enjoy the dinner party show with friends. Like us on Facebook and become one of our party people. Then, during our live shows on Sundays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, you can join the conversation and post questions for Christopher, Eric, and their guests. During the week, drop in for tasty side dishes, show updates, and fun with the other party people. The Dinner Party Show. You are the life of our party. I'm Eric Shaw Quinn, and on behalf of everyone here at The Dinner Party Show, I'd like to congratulate my co-host Christopher Rice on the publication of his first full-length erotic romance novel, The Surrender Gate. It's the latest installment in his brand new series, The Desire Exchange, which began with his novella, The Flame, last year. Both books are now on sale at thedinnerpartyshow.com, and if you buy them there, a portion of your sale supports the operation of this show. Congratulations, Christopher, and happy reading, everyone. Sounds like you might want to read this one alone. You're listening to The Dinner Party Show with Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn, where dessert is the most important meal of the day. Welcome back to The Dinner Party Show. I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn. And Lance, I think I got the vapors <gasps> from that. Oh, how are you, Alan? Your erotic fiction. I can't wait. Oh, my goodness. What the fuck are you doing? That was not the button I wanted to hit, but I couldn't find the meowing cat. You know what? Cat. It matched. Yeah. It matched. Nothing turns me on like a little profanity from Sue Simmons. That's right, babe. We're talking about the secret to successful relationships, and we are talking about the secret to successful sex in relationships. Uh, Alec Mappa, what yeah. won't you do? What are your do's and don'ts? What's the list you gave Jamie on your first date where it's like, I'm never doing this? Duty. I'm not doing anything with duty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where I draw the line. Mm -mm. And uh, Eric doesn't even duty. He just you don't even duty still, and it goes away. (laughs) It's amazing. You haven't sent out. Yeah, (laughs) I have a service. A Guatemalan woman comes in twice a week and cleans everything out. She just sort of runs a hand over his aura. Senor Eric. (laughs) (laughs) Muy sucia this week. <laughs> oh Lord! 
<laughs> that's pretty much. Yeah, yeah that's, it's that's true. It's it. funny because yeah. it's true. That's, that's right. Um, you got to like do it. The, yeah, a long term, the long term relationship thing. Nobody ever tells you in a long term relationship that you're going to have sex with the same person over and over again. Mm-hmm. Nobody tells you how to negotiate that. Because in a lot of gay long term relationships, they don't. I, I'm they don't. always just astonished by that. People like make a joke of it. Well, we never have sex because we're married. And I think, why would you be married if you're never having sex? Right. Why give up all of your privacy yeah. in order to not have sex? And you know what? You're not always going to feel like it. And there are times where, you know, neither one of us feels like it or one of us feels like it and the other one doesn't. And and the secret is do it anyway. <laughs> yes. Because it's still sex. It's still right. sex. It's, it's still, still sex. It's still free and, it's still, you know, it's still a connection. Still it's still intimacy. And I think that people lose each other. Yes. I think in a long term relationship, it's the complacency of everything. Everything becomes mundane. Yeah. I mean, you could be dating the most dynamic person on earth, but it's still the same person over a long period of time. I'm going to go really dark and Irish for a second. Oh, that's where I usually hit go. me with your best shot. In the long, Mulcahy. in the oh, long term arc of your sex life in a relationship, uh-huh. you do begin to discover what initially attracted you to the person and yes. how strong it actually is. If yes. there's no personality attraction there, you cannot have sex with them in the long right. term. I really believe that yeah. that's what's not there. Mm-hmm. If if the if the slight Slightest little sag diminishes your desire for your partner. Yeah. Like, why did you pick them? Did you only right. pick them because of their abs? I, you know, like that's what I would venture guess. Well, you know what? It's kind of like those things. If if it is based, break out that podium. If it is based purely on physical attraction, that's 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 a window that the yeah. very yes, it's limited close. amount of time to cash in on. Look, yes. and you can always just fucking like dress up as the El Pollo Loco chicken or something to spice it. Have up you again. been There's spying costume. in our window? <laughs> Have the feathers been flying? Um, you know, that stuff, it changes. You change, and, and it's... Yeah, no, it, you gotta, it has to be based on real things. Yeah. You have to be kind of like, What's yeah. the Tennessee Williams line you always use, Eric? The rocks are in the bank in the bedroom, oh, and if you don't have rocks there, it ain't happening. <laughs> what? <laughs> That's yeah, not no. it. I'm Tennessee paraphrasing Williams. here. Tennessee never said anything like that. that, that is Something not about the t- he added a girl at the end. Girl. It's it's a line from um, Cat on a Hot Tin Roof. And, and Big Mama says to Maggie, when they're alone in the bedroom, she says, when the ro- when the, a marriage goes on the rocks, the rocks are usually there. And she points at the bed. Yeah. Oh. Tennessee was another gay man who knew everything about straight people. Oh. Yeah. But, you know, I, I, another friend of mine who actually passed away recently said mm-hmm. he had one successful relationship and it went on for several years. Yes. And every day they had sex. Mm-hmm. And the one day they didn't, that was when the relationship was over. Oh. They broke up about a few days later. Oh, well, did they have a conversation? Yeah. <laughs> because that's happened to me before. Get out. <laughs> I know, had this booty call guy who was like really weird looking. He looked like Ichabod Crane. He was like what my friend Calpurnia would call a Vespa. You know, he's like really fun to ride, but you don't want your, your friends to see you doing it. Oh. And, um, <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> he was so weird looking, but he was really fun to have sex with. And uh, one time he wanted to start talking and having a conversation. And it just killed That it. was it. it That's over. killed it. Time I, to go. I will say um, that the best sex I've had in my life has not been with the best looking people. Mm-mm. That I find the best looking people are usually lazy in bed. They've never had to develop any skills or real technique. Um, you know, Jackie Monahan has this it's joke. It's rash this generalization day yeah. here at the dinner party show. <laughs> comedian friend has this thing about, they say that really gorgeous people are really lazy in bed. And I thought, oh my God, I must be gorgeous. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> That's not true for me, though. <laughs> oh no, you you actually make an effort. I do. I make an effort. Right. I have I have a drawer full of things okay. that can spice things All right. up. All right. I have some costumes. Mr. Gray will see you now. <laughs> Mr. Gray will right. see you now. <laughs> That's coming out. This yeah, it is. So. Another reason we declared this I romance. I God, they, when we when I wrote that book with what's her tits. Yeah. Um, they when we went on the, the Today fuck Show. What are you doing? <laughs> there she is. There she is. Sue Simmons, your ghost wrote for Sue Simmons. Matt Lauer was all. This is so shocking, and what you know? How could you write a book about this? Blah blah blah. You know who's having the unexpurgated spoiler alert week of of the Today Show? Yeah, the Today yeah. Show. It's all one. It's all Fifty Shades of Grey all the time. Are you the kidding Today me? Show. Is it Universal? Uh, Universal, NBC, yeah. mm-hmm. so that's why. Yeah, but it's making shit tons of money. Yeah, whatever. I mean, I was. I did a I've panel. Ne- I haven't read it. The Knopf, which publishes my mother, which is a very it. esteemed yes. publisher with yes. a long literary reputation. Knopf is- always sounds like somebody letting loose with a fart to me. It is. <laughs> They're part of Random House. <laughs> type. They're part of Random House and yes. Vintage is the paperback line at Random House that published Fifty Shades of Grey and my mother's very literary editor, Vicki Wilson, mm-hmm. who we adore, was on stage with us and said, point blank, without qualification, this book saved publishing. Everyone who worked at Random House got a $5,000 Christmas bonus. Wow. And I mean everyone from the mailroom employees wow. to the custodial staff because of that book. Wow. Yeah, because of that. I mean like it is, it is. I should have taken that custodial job at Random House. <laughs> you I have $5,000 right now. Before. If I had been cleaning toilets at Knopf, but, I could be able to buy myself a sweater right here now. Tonight, oh, well, so. there's that. They don't have toilets at Knopf. They just, it's like Eric. They just have a vessel. <laughs> but what happens when you have to go Knopf? There's no bathroom? <laughs> no, no, they don't. They don't. You go once in the very beginning and then you're done. I haven't read it. I kind of feel like, oh, it's like straight people's like idea of S&M and well, how it's titillating and stuff. I, I've read it and I will say that I it's think not so a, a lot of the gay people who like, I know who have read it find it very vanilla because we do. I mean, like Dan Savage comes on the show and yeah, talks about talks people about getting pooing into people's poo in their mouth. mouth. Yeah. Yeah, and then Eric yeah. screams because he's Ugh. Eric and we love him. But, <laughs> you know, but there's nothing in the first book, at least, which I read, there's nothing that extreme or that There's severe. no poo? Nobody's no, pooing in anybody's no, mouth? No, the, the most intense Can we not say that? Can we just have Jamie Dornan's not going to poo in somebody's mouth. It's not going to. You're just going to say it as Dakota many times as you mouth. possibly the can. Most, you started this. The I most blame you. Fifty Shades extre- of Poo. The most extreme scene in the book is not going to be in the movie, which is he takes out her tampon before he has sex with her. That's not going to be in the second. That's extreme. That's extreme. That's the, in the oh, first book. brother. I have not read the I second and friends, third book. I have friends who work as makeup people in the porn industry who've had to do that for other actors. I know people who like were uh, quick quick change um, wardrobe people for Cher in Las Vegas who um, accidentally pulled out a tampon during a quick change. <laughs> Somebody told me that story. They were backstage with Cher in Las Vegas and they were pulling on something and then a tampon came out. Uh, <laughs> oh, laughter helps in a long-term uh, relationship as well. I, so laughter that carries a lot of currency. So, but what about laughing during sex? Is that good, or does that kill uh, boner? Do you know what he's? Jamie's really actually great about like I'm losing it right now. That's not hot. Yeah. Like he'll say stuff like that during and after. But you know, it's you <laughs> have to. Gone all you know day what? And also. That. <laughs> To be with somebody you feel safe enough to be authentic with, to say yeah. what you like and Absolutely. what you don't like and, and what you appreciate. And I also find that we have a very kind of wide berth when it comes of what's re- what we'll stay with each other for. Mm. Do you know what I mean? There, there's, there's not... I'm not going to break up with Jamie if he sleeps with somebody else. Oh, okay. That's kind of like... That's not a deal breaker to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to... 
get jealous if he finds somebody else interesting. I mean, it's kind of like there's a lot of room for us to be ourselves. I think in a lot of relationships, people are boxed in like veal in terms of don't look at him. <laughs> don't think that. Don't. And then what happens is you become a version of yourself instead of your authentic self, and that becomes suffocating. Mm-hmm. You know? I, I think there's a lot there. I have a problem with jealousy. That's one of yeah? my big issues. Yeah, yeah. Particularly like if I happen, date somebody really? younger, yeah. which is something I've been a fan of over I the years. into older guys. <laughs> I did hear that for the first fucking time in Las Vegas earlier this year. Our mutual friend Lisa Chang was uh-huh. trying to set me up with a guy who was literally a jockey. He was literally a jockey who rode horses for a living. Did he stand in the palm and, of and your it, hand it when was he said a, that? It, he wouldn't get in the palm of my hand. <laughs> that was the problem. Because when one of my friends pressed him to the wall, for the, and this was the first time I've ever heard this, he said to the friend, I'm just not into older guys. <laughs> and I was like, I'm an older guy. I'm an older guy. Age is the great democracy. Yeah. And But when you're with a younger guy mm-hmm. and you remember who you were when you were that guy's age and you see him making goo-goo eyes and you remember how faithful you were capable of being at that age. Well, cheer up. You won't be able to remember for much longer. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> Dementia's going to set in at any moment. <laughs> That, so the, the, the key is to date a younger guy and for me to get Alzheimer's. So it's a okay. good combo. And so I won't remember what I need to be jealous of. Well, what are you looking for? What, what, oh, what, what's, what's Eric your Shaw thing? Quinn, what are you looking for? Are you looking at me? Yes, yes who, he is. Who's your ideal Honest partner? Honest to God, I don't even know that I am looking. Um, You know, I've always said my life is really, really amazing. And mm-hmm. so whoever it would be would have to be someone who made my life better than it already right. is. Oh, that's a great a description. Positive right. asset to, to my life. I, Somebody I, who would augment. Yeah, I try not to marry it. my mom. He's going to marry my mom. <laughs> try not to narrow it down too much because then you rule people out. Right, right. Mm. Like, I tend to like people who are more sort of self-motivated and have their own sort of path. Mm-hmm. And I like... I like bossier guys. I like, oh. you know, sort of being in charge kinds of I people. I know, right? Like, you think he would like a bossy guy. Like, that's one of the things I think that has been a challenge for me is that I'm so, you know, self-willed and whatever mm-hmm. to find somebody who could, like I've always said, it would have to be somebody who could create the space and control the space that I could then believe that I was doing whatever I wanted to inside of. Like, Whenever, I don't think it would be somebody who came in and started telling me what okay, to then, do. Okay, because then you'd be like, what? I'd be like, fuck what? off. Yeah. I'm not doing, like, whatever. Yeah. It would have to be somebody who was more resilient than that. I have oh. to say, whenever he says this in the company of gay men, they make a facial expression like you're making right now, sort of skeptical. When you say it around women, they're like, yeah, yeah, I get that. A take yeah, charge totally guy. Yeah. yeah, like, it's like, I don't need to know where we're going for dinner. I just, you know, need to know what time you're coming by. To pick oh. me up, like I'm that guy. Yeah. Oh, okay. Like it's, it's like, and then I'll, you know, like wear this, and I'll pick you up at nine. Hmm. Fine, I'm good. But it's hmm. not a binary, dominant, submissive thing. It's more sort of partitioned up. You know, like it's one is submissive in certain areas, and one is dominant in another area. Yeah, you know, it goes back and forth. Yeah, because Jamie's like, real bossy. Yeah, like I'm not carrying the tree in the house, and but I'm, <laughs> and, and you're not decorating it. You yeah. know what I mean? Like it's, I, they're very specific things right. that. That I, you know, that are my yeah, thing. I think every relationship is a happy accident. It's yeah. just kind of like it's a car crash. It comes, yeah, yeah it comes yeah. together. You know when you're there. And yeah. it's one of the, like the people, when I have found people, those few rare, tiny little moments in my life, when I, it's always been 
unexpected and by accident, not yes. anything I was planning. Right. And it certainly wasn't because I ruled out everybody else except for this narrow window. So mm-hmm. I try not to do that so that I'm at least right. open to the possibility. Yeah, no, I've done that. I've done every single wrong thing you're supposed to do. <laughs> but we all have. But, yeah, if you're yeah. doing it, you, you're doing it wrong. I mean, yeah. like it's part of the experience of trying. But right? I was the person who didn't learn anything from the experience. <laughs> well, that's like, why I you're would... here on the dinner party show, so <laughs> right. we can teach it to you now. <laughs> let me let me ask you. Like, this is the one one of the things that I always think of. Are we you've got your hand on we, the button. We have one final voicemail we're oh. going to play oh, before, before and then if we there's time. Maybe I'll out, this will maybe wrap up. We will begin with the woman who started us off tonight. This is Amy Bellino. Oh. Hi, it's Amy Bellino again. Hi again, Amy. I think the secret to a happy marriage has been most eloquently expressed by Ms. Jonell Sands hmm. when she said that marriage is not about getting what you want, but wanting what you get. I've been married for 15 years and it's been one hell of a roller coaster ride. We've had good times and bad. There have been times we've broken things in anger and times when we've made things together just for fun, and I don't mean babies. It took us a year to pick out a car together because we couldn't agree on a style. Then when we picked a style, we disagreed over the color. Mm -hmm. The car is 10 years old now with over 100,000 miles on it, but I wouldn't trade it for the world because, to me, it's more of a symbol of our marriage than our rings are. Plus, I don't want to spend another year arguing I don't believe there is any such thing as a perfect marriage. It's about playing the best hand with the cards you've been dealt. Mm-hmm. You win some, you lose some, mm. but you still enjoy the game. Mm. That's good, but I'm not mm. bottoming. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> not even for a second, not even just a finger in there. Uh, no, live I a can't. little, Christopher. No, but let me just say this: I am not that that guy who thinks he's all butch and mm-hmm. tough acting. Like I was a well, willowy blonde. Well, that. nobody thinks you're butch. I was, <laughs> that's <laughs> not gonna. Nobody thinks that. Nobody it. thinks that. You can. Your secret's safe with me. Fuck you both. And by the way. <laughs> I tried. I laid there for three years saying this can't be what everybody's raving about. This just can't be. And finally somebody named Eric Jacquin pointed out, it sounds like you're not cut out to do this. <laughs> it sounds like you don't enjoy doing that. Like, you get high marks on the other things, so like, stick to that. That's more in demand. People have been saying to me, well, maybe you just haven't met the right woman all my life. It's like, no, that's not it. Yeah. You know, like if you don't enjoy it, you don't have to do it. Wow. That's, yeah. Well, you know, it, it is a lot of work. It is a lot of work. Oh, it my is. God. It's, it's I, like having people over for Thanksgiving. It can't be done on a whim. Straight, no. Yeah. Straight guys and tops are the only yeah. two people who believe in spontaneity. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but I will tell you, if you are a top and you finally have sex with someone who is truly a bottom, is everyone quitting? Am I seeing people walk out of the green room? Uh, my son. Your son's Hi, still baby. here. Your son's still here. Um, it, it, when you finally have sex with someone who is truly a bottom, you're like, oh, that's the stuff. That is what I should have been feeling but never did. Because oh. that is somebody who likes to do this. enjoying oh. themselves. Yeah, that oh. is somebody who likes to do this. Oh. <laughs> Well, listen. After, we'll end on an awkward halting after, note after, here on the dinner party show. After 13 years of marriage, nobody's strictly anything. I'm just saying. Well, and you just know what? Saying, Honestly, that is the saying. only environment. But I think, as Eric has pointed out to me, and I think it's a good point, mm-hmm. what you promise in the beginning, you better be able to deliver in like the first three months. And if you can't, you can't say like 10 years from now, I might do this on your birthday. Like, I might hire a string quartet and maybe bottom. Like, that's not going to no, be. No, I, I try no. to be really. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy I hope you enjoy that I'm going to my mother's. <laughs> You're only 50 once. I gotta go cry. I gotta go do the mysterious skin shower scene. Okay. Okay. Is that it? Are we the end? That is almost it. We have one minute left in the show. Alec, thank you for coming and for ignoring the Super Bowl with us. We have a oh. huge announcement to make, which we teased at the top of the show. <gasps> Romance month. 
Romance Month is going to be extended because the Oscars are on the 22nd. So March what? 1st will be part of Romance Month well for done. us. And that will be when we welcome Jackie Collins to the dinner party. <laughs> no yeah. way! How cool is that? Oh, so cool. Jackie Collins I is joining us on the dinner party. I love her too, and we're going to love her here. And she will actually be live a lot of time when we have the big guests come She's in. She's so much fun. They can't come in live. So we will not be pre-recording it. So call the party line now and leave your messages. We'll save are them all you, Are up. you guys friends? I met her recently yeah. at, a, at a party, and it was lovely. She's a lovely woman, wow. and I follow her on Twitter, and I can't wait to bring her in and talk to her more. I was on a book. date at the Amundsen years ago before I was married, and Jackie Collins sat in back of us and told me and my boyfriend to make out. That's lovely. Yeah. Good That's for her. Lovely. She's like, you two Good are cute her. together. Make That's out. Good. Do you think she's going to make us? We don't have to make out. If I'm she's, not making no, out I'm not making you. out. <laughs> it's like incest. It's not happening. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Dinner Party Show. As I always like to say, if this were a regular radio show, we would have been pulled off the air by now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn. Say goodnight, Alec. Goodnight, Alec.